This episode is powered by denmeditation.com with locations in Los Angeles that normalize meditation and make it available to all. Though meditation is the primary focus, the bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Hello, and welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal Rabinowitz, your host and founder of Den Meditation. Today, we get to talk to Cassandra Choi Walker. She's the co-founder of Little West, which used to be Clover Juice. She's a mama, an entrepreneur, and a health nut. In her previous life, she was in fashion sales, but she always wanted to work in food, so she jumped at the opportunity to start a juice business. So because of that, she knows the ups and downs of having a business, and we talk about it all. Also, how to trust your gut and your instinct, and how to keep your blinders on and pay attention to yourself and not what everybody else thinks you should be doing. She gives us so many health tips on what you can do at home, things you can make easily. She also tells us her favorite superfood and an easy go-to for you. And most importantly, we talk about how to summon up the strength to keep moving forward and the power from believing in yourself. We also do an incredible giveaway and their products are amazing. So stay tuned for all that information. And don't forget at the end, she will walk us through a personal practice, which is a quote about doing anything. Actually, I don't want to spoil it. I'm going to leave it, but it's a great quote that's going to motivate you. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I am here with Cassandra Troy Walker. She is a co-founder of Little West, which used to be Clover Juice. They are neighbors in La Brea, our La Brea studio. She has also been a savior to me because she is an entrepreneur. She is a mama. She does so much of this on her own. She's been through the ups and downs, and some people just don't get how hard it can be. And so with her, along with our dear friend, Emily, who is the owner of Moda, which is also right next to us on La Brea, we kind of like love being the ladies of La Brea, and we do get together, and we talk about everything, and it's so nice to have that support system. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have her here is because you have so much to share, and you've been through a lot. And it's pretty amazing, especially recently, they just rebranded Clover Juice to be Little West, named after her three-year-old. Um, so let's back up because, so just even starting, how many years ago now did you guys even start? Um, gosh, we start, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Okay, so of course, for inviting me to do this with you. We started the business, it will be six years ago in January. So oh we, were, my God. we were thinking about it, conceptualizing it right now, six years ago. So that's crazy. Yeah. Six years is a long time. It's a long time. We now, made- how did you even get there? Like, were you always, like, how did, how did you get there? Like, well, I know you were always a little bit of a health fanatic. But- for sure. I mean, the reality is food is my life. I was raised with uh, parents who were very passionate about cooking at home and flavors and making things that are really healthy, that taste incredible. So I was, you know, raised with that and then kind of took it and translated that into my life, my husband and my life. And, uh, and it's always kind of been a passion of ours. And so I knew ultimately at some point in my life, I had to work in the food business, but I had absolutely no idea in what capacity. And so it really caught me off guard when the whole juice business started, because the truth is we bought our first juicer to make tequila cocktails at barbecues. (laughs) Like it was not by any means, you know, we were healthy, but we just believe in moderation and we were not kind of looking to just make a juice every single day. And then after a while, I was like, God, this juicer is such a huge piece of equipment in my kitchen. I need to use it for something else. And once we started making juice and doing it more regularly, that was when it really started to become a way of life for us. And it really transformed so much in our lives. We started juicing. We started making smoothies every day. And what was the first thing you ever made? The first juice I ever made? Yeah. 
Or smoothie, I guess. The first oh thing gosh. you ever made to drink in well, the morning. <laughs> the first juice I ever made was a pineapple concoction with um, with cucumber and kale and some turmeric as well. Wow, sounds and, delicious. Yeah, with tequila. Delicious. <laughs> with tequila. <laughs> tequila. That was the first one we ever made. And then smoothie-wise, I am embarrassed to say that my personal smoothies at home usually end up brown because I, because I put so many weird superfoods in there that it doesn't really look very appetizing, but they taste really good. So like what superfoods do you put in? I mean, I'll put everything from, I always start the base with um, some spinach or kale and then I'll put in, uh, I put in mushrooms, I put in spirulina, I'll put in whatever fruit I have that I can kind of throw in to sweeten it a little bit. I put in maca, sometimes I'll do cacao if I want, you know, some, a boost from the chocolate. And so usually they end up like this really weird mud color. But they taste really good. So every <laughs> is every day a different one for you? Or do you feel like you have a go-to that you use over and over again? I definitely, oh gosh, I go through moods. I go through moods when I'm not creative in the kitchen. I My go-to is frozen mango, spinach, um, vanilla protein powder. I'm using a goat vanilla protein powder that I love. And then I'll put in some a few superfoods, like some spirulina in there and some maca. And always mushroom powder. Uh, but that's my go-to. But then depending on what I have, depending on what products people have brought for me to try. If I'm creative, I'll be really creative and you never know what you're going to get. So you said you guys started doing it. Also answer a really dumb question. Mm -hmm. I know, but I'm sure there's people out there who want the answer. What is the difference between a smoothie and a juice? Okay. So a juice is something that you are making and well, cold pressing essentially, and you're straining it. So we triple strain all of our juices. And so it's something that you can basically just chug very liquidy made of simply fruits and vegetables, nothing else added. A smoothie goes in the blender and you still have the fiber in there. It's a lot thicker. It's more of a meal replacement. And so that's kind of the difference between the two. So when you started, it was a smoothie and then you mm -hmm. guys started juicing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now you've talked about before, you immediately within a month felt like huge changes. Huge changes. Now, is that from when you started with the smoothies or only when you started with juicing? I, the juicing was the thing that was the most noticeable for us. Really? Yeah, it really was. It was something that was just kind of gives you such an energy boost in the beginning. I had been making smoothies for years. And I think that was why when I started juicing and pairing it with smoothies, it all kind of just like everything changed. I felt like my skin cleared up and I was, didn't have like weird cravings in the middle of the afternoon like I used to. But the most important thing that I always say is, yes, I drink juice and yes, I make smoothies every day, but I also eat all my meals. I'm not an advocate of do this instead of. Right, you're not, you're not someone who only juices. No, not at all. Have you ever been? Never. No, I believe in moderation. The second you tell me I can't have something, I'm like, and I need just that. No, but by the way, that's why I love yeah. you. And that's why I wanted you on <laughs> because I am such an advocate of like, figure out what works for you. Don't yeah. just subscribe to something. Yeah. So, but talk about why do you think, or maybe you exactly mm -hmm. know why when you started adding juicing into it, even though you were still doing your shakes, you mm -hmm. felt there was a bigger difference or a no more noticeable. One, I yeah. Say. I mean, for me personally, and everyone's different, but for me personally, I wasn't sleeping enough, which is still something I struggle with, but I wasn't sleeping enough. I just raised my hand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was feeling like I was having these moments of being really sluggish throughout my day. And I would go to coffee. I love coffee. I still have a coffee in the morning, but when I started replacing my afternoon coffee with a juice, there was something about the, for one, there's so much produce that goes into one juice. It's like between two and three pounds of produce wow. in one juice. So when you think about all of that going into absorbing into your system within a few minutes of you consuming it, it's just an instant shot of energy and it boosts your immunity system. Uh, so I think that for me, or your immune system, sorry, I think for me, it was really just 
it, I just felt overall wellness. I felt like I was healthier. I felt like I had more energy and I wasn't craving all the other stuff that I was craving, which I have a sweet tooth. So now, by the way, like go, if you don't know who she is, like go look up her picture now or go on her <laughs> website. No, because you are such a great walking testimonial you're of what sweet, you do. Cause you. like your skin is glowing. I mean, you look like you're 25 and your hair thank is like you. thick and gorgeous. I mean, it is, it's like yeah. clearly it's working. So yeah. what do you say to the people who are like, no sugar, no sugar, no sugar? In the juice, especially. I just mean in general, because yeah. fruit has sugar. Absolutely. And some people are really anti-sugar. Absolutely. I My go-to is look at the ingredients in what you're eating. If you're okay putting that in your body, then you should be fine with it, regardless of what the sugar says on the label. So huh. I, like I always that. look at our ingredients. And for us as a juice company, we're one of the few companies that, and I'm looking at one of our bottles now. By the way, we're drinking it right now, which is, <laughs> and it's delicious. I am drinking uh, Snap Into Action, just so people know, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, the Ginger Snap. That is probably the most addictive of the flavors. It's so good. I'm like doing everything not to finish it really quickly. <laughs> well, there's more. So. <laughs> um, yeah, we're one of the few companies that we put all of our ingredients on the front of our label because we believe in transparency and we want to tell people like this is all that's in your juice. And yes, if someone is sensitive to sugar or they don't want to have it at the end of the day, we're not trying to change anybody and we're not trying to tell them what they're doing is wrong. We simply see it as something that's convenient and a healthy go-to option for people. And we really support one juice a day. Like I live by that. I have one juice a day, but I eat a very balanced diet in everything else. And I, and I'm exercising and I'm, you know, I'm freaking getting my nails done and I get my hair colored. Like we're perfect, but we do what we can to make ourselves feel like the best versions of ourselves. When you travel, what do you do? Like, oh my gosh, I used to travel so much. Um, well, I have a lot of tricks for one. If you live somewhere where there are whole foods close by, I always try to stay in a hotel near whole foods. (laughs) Love that. Um, one of my tricks is I bring chia seeds and electrolyte powder everywhere I go. And there's something about the protein and fiber and omega fats and all of that stuff in chia seeds that if I have a stomach ache, I'll put chia seeds in my water and I'll have that in the morning. Or it's just something that's nice to have. Um, But that's a big thing. I drink a ton of water when I travel. That's a big thing. And that's why I bring the electrolyte powder as well because I don't have to drink as much, but I feel like I still absorb more of it. And I just try to make healthy choices, but we're imperfect. I mean, the reality is like you get what you can, you eat what you can. um, And I'm very forgiving. I'm not hard on myself at all. I really, I have what I want when I want it. I love that. If you could, if there was your main go-to superfood, would it be chia seeds? Is that your like your best friend? (sighs) Probably chia seeds. Yeah. I was going to say like, if you're on a desert island and could only bring one superfood. Probably chia seeds. And if I could somehow find a way to grow kale, I would definitely grow some so kale. So kale and chia seeds. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's very stereotypical, but it's true. No, but it's also easy. I mean, they're both, especially nowadays, chia mm-hmm. seeds, it's so accessible. You can get it everywhere, right? Absolutely. I mean, pretty much any everywhere. supermarket, I feel like, sells yep. them now. Everywhere. So, yeah. So we have no excuse, people. Mm-mm. So talk to me about making a passion, like we started with, into a business. Yes. Because, and how much of the... Did you lose any of the passion at some point? Does it stay with it? Because that's hard when all of a sudden it becomes a business and a livelihood and people's lives depend on it and yeah. money and finances. And this mood. is a great question. And you're asking it because you are also in this position. <laughs> and I love that because we can relate on this level. Turning a passion into a business for the first part of the question. I think if you're passionate about anything and you're willing to take a risk, you can do it and it can be successful. You know, I wish I I remember listening to a podcast a few years ago and there's that whole, you know, the Nike saying of just do it. But in reality, so many people 
move forward and then move back because they doubt themselves and you doubt yourself and you doubt yourself. But if you just do it, if you just say, I am passionate about this, therefore I will do it. And you don't let anything get in your way. There will be roadblocks. There will be hard times. The stresses are extreme. But if you truly are passionate, that outweighs all of the other stuff. And people who see your passion will identify with it and they will want to help support you and see you succeed as well. And so I think part of it is just being really honest about what you're passionate about. And the other part is surrounding you with people who surrounding yourself with people who want to support your passion. So that's kind of the way that we made this happen was we just were like, we're doing it. We're super passionate. We want other people to experience what we've experienced. And we want them to know that healthy is about moderation and not about just drinking juice and being on a juice cleanse for three days. So, and then now that you've been in it for six years Mm -hmm. and you've been through the ups and downs and you've just rebranded, like, are there moments that like, like you look and this is something you love doing. Like sometimes, are, do you sometimes like not want to juice at home? Like I is there any of that absolutely. moment of well, like for a one, I don't, relationship? Yes. And for one, I don't juice at home anymore because I hate cleaning out the freaking filter in my juicer. We started this business and I was like, I never want to have to clean another juice machine again. The only time we do it is when we're creating a new flavor. Right. And that's like a whole fun thing. But yes, there are times, there have been times when I've actually considered not doing it anymore because it stopped being fun. And I actually think one time quite a while ago, maybe we talked about this because I was really creatively stunted. I couldn't figure out what new flavor I wanted to come out with. Nothing was inspiring me. The business wasn't exciting me anymore. I didn't want to learn about any of the new trends or the superfoods or anything. And uh, yeah, I just, I kind of felt like dead inside. I wasn't cooking at home. I was like, what's happening to me? Interesting. Yeah, it really was. And then I started talking to other people who are also entrepreneurs, have businesses, also who are moms a lot because there's that level of relatability. And I was like, okay, wait, I am not alone. We all go through this. There are extreme highs going to talk about what you do. You sometimes need to do it even if, if you don't feel like doing it because you come away from it being like, oh man, I really do love what I do. Yeah. But there are moments for sure when you doubt it, when you just think that I'm going to throw the towel in. Why am I doing this? It's not worth the stress. It's not worth, you know, the, the energy that I'm putting into it. But then there are moments of light where you see that, oh wait, no, this is my path. This is where I'm supposed to be. Trust it and just do it. Just keep going. I know it is so interesting because, you know, people do say like, oh my God, you started your own thing and this must be so great. And it is really a lot. Like, even though it is, I mean, there's so many positives, but Mm -hmm. like there is an element of almost more exhaustion because a, you have to work really hard because you're the only one who cares as much as about the business as you, you do, but also it's nonstop. And, and it's just, and you're thinking about it constantly. So like the positives and negatives fall completely on you. So that exhausts you in a different way. And like Mm -hmm. you said, especially as a mom, if you add that whole layer of just being a parent, and it's true. It's like sometimes it, you're you're in that place of trying to, yeah, there can be a numbness. And then, yes, if you really love it, you come out of it all the time. Yeah. But it is an odd feeling when you hit those moments because you're like, wait, what? What's going on? Like, yeah. I love this. What's happening? Why am I also not feeling? It's dark. it's dark. It goes dark. And I think that people don't think that, especially because we are in the health business, both yes. of us, you know, coming from different different areas. But we are. And I think that people expect you to be this beacon of health all the time. And we have bad days. We're we human. have bad weeks. We are human. Exactly. And I don't know. I think I've kind of reached a point where I'm okay with talking about that now. And I'm okay with that being a thing. And also becoming a mom kind of gave me that 
extra little confidence that I needed to be like, you know what? I don't really give enough. I'm going to just be honest with the way that I'm feeling, be really frank and, and surround myself with a lot of people who get what I'm doing and who also want to be a part of it. And that like finding people who are passionate about your passion is the greatest gift ever. That is amazing. And it is true. If like you really look at the world, like there's no one's above anyone. And I do think people make the mistake of thinking, oh, that person had the ability to like start a business or create something or whatever, wherever they are. And they look at them as if they, you're a different version of a human being. Like somehow you have something else figured out or you're above. And it's like, no, we're all exactly the same. Like, like you said, we just have the ability to like let fear go to the side and step forward, but we're all the same, which means we have good days. We have bad days. There's times we're excited about something. Times you're not, it doesn't mean that you're this like elevated human being. So therefore there's going to be like shit that happens like around you. Right. (laughs) Or you're not always going to be the best example of what you're out there. Like, I mean, the goal obviously is to be, but you know, you, you have, you're fallible. For sure. There are days. I mean, when I'm going, when I have a cold or something and, and having West in preschool has been hilarious (laughs) because when he started in daycare, I was like, Oh, this is a thing. Like he is, has a money knows every, every day. Week. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, how am I catching what he has? I can't be sick. And then I was like, you know what? Every freaking parent goes through this. Stop, you know, worrying about that. And I'm like, ginger shots here. I'm like, <laughs> you know, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, God, I really just want a glass of wine at night. I probably shouldn't have it. I might not sleep as well, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to have a glass of wine. You know, you just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there, I just, you're right. We're all, no one's above anybody. No one. You just have to kind of Surround yourself with good people and just know that, you know, we're on our path. Just trust it. It's funny because Levy, her first day of preschool, it was like on a Thursday. And by Monday morning, I sent her to preschool and she like had a full blown cold. I'm like, wow, that really started quickly. Like they say that's what happens when they go to preschool. But that was like two days of school. And she and all her friends are like, wow. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's true. And they just bring it home. So you're sick the whole time. Little petri dishes. Yeah. So (laughs) talk about like the ups and downs of just a business. I know now we're talking mm-hmm. about we're fallible. Like we also have moments and like you said, you get sick, but like running a business is hard. So, and I know you've been through the ringer and like you've just rebranded yeah. and like talk about that a little bit. Like what are the fears? What are the hard sure. parts? Well, my first fear when we opened the juice bar was, are people going to like our juice? Number one, that was my biggest fear because we loved what we were doing, but you never know until people taste it. Right. So that was fear number one. Um, along the way, I mean, I feel like every day there's something that scares me, whether it's a phone call that I have to make or, you know, a hiring or a firing of somebody, which is, you know, the mm. worst thing to go through. It's the worst. But unfortunately, that's our responsibility in this role is in the company. Um, I think right what we've just been through, only because it's so fresh in my mind with this rebrand, is, you know, we spent five years pouring our heart and soul into Clover. And that was, you know, Clover's our niece's name. She's 17. She's amazing. And it was very personal to us. And as we started to grow the company and realized that we were going to ultimately have to change our name, we just thought, oh my gosh, people are going to turn on us. They'll abandon us. They won't want to support it because Clover's the best name. And, you know, how could we change from that? And I think that was our biggest fear was the first phone call to our first big customer to tell them that we were not just new packaging, you know, refreshing the brand, we were actually fully rebranding the company. And the first call was to actually our biggest customer. And uh, it's a customer that I just am so grateful that we get to be in business with. But I called them and I said, oh my gosh, I, you know, 
I didn't start with, oh my gosh, that's totally untrue. I started with, <laughs> hey guys, you know, explain to them, hey, so as you know, we started a little tiny juice shop on La Brea and our wholesale business was something that really started down the road and we never anticipated it to grow. But I wanted to let you guys know that if we want to go national, if we want to keep growing, that we are going to be doing a brand refresh. And say brand refresh, I actually mean a complete rebrand where we're also changing the name to Little West. And I had this moment of like, take a breath, pause. And I felt it was over the phone because they're in Northern California. And I felt over the phone, like a pause. I was like, oh my gosh, this could go one of two ways. And they celebrated it. They just, they were like, what? This is amazing news. What's the new name? And I said, well, it's going to be called Little West. Our son's name is West. And they were like, we are so happy for you guys. This is incredible. And so from that moment forth, I was like, you know what? I can't be ashamed of the fact that we're in a place that we didn't know we were going to be. I have to celebrate it. I have to celebrate the growth. I have to embrace the change, even though it's the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah. Was that like, were you just, just losing the identity of what you were mm-hmm. doing? And it's, did you feel like yeah. you were reopening? Like that's completely fear of, like, you. no one's going to like our juice. Now is it like, no one's going to like our name or no one's going to trust us again? Or what was everything? I mean, all of those things and a thousand more, every single doubt that you could have, I went through, we went through, my husband and I had, you know, sleepless nights where we were like, oh my gosh, I, you know, how are people going to take this? Our goal with what we did was if we're going to rename the company, Let's go back to the true, honest basics of who we are and why we started this business. Let's use all the things that we've learned over the past five years, make the tweaks, make the changes so that when we come into our new name, that people will say, oh, wait, this is actually more you guys than Clover ever was. Because when we started Clover, you know, we started a mom and pop tiny little juice shop, never thinking that it would be anything more than that. Amazing. And it's cool. It's, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a wild ride, but I think, you know, the packaging is different. The, you know, two of the recipes we got to tweak and make them better. And so we really tried to keep the product, the same quality, which we did, which, you know, that's really what we are. That's what makes us us. And then we just said, you know what, let's make the business an elevated version of Clover. And once people got on board and once people understood it at that point, you know, things kind of started rolling, but it, it's been, it's been very unexpected. There have been extreme highs, there have been extreme lows where people have said like, we want Clover back. We don't, we don't want this little West shoes. Did you lose some of your bigger clients? We lost one customer, which is actually, I'm so unbelievably grateful that it was just one in all of our customers. But yeah, I was bummed to lose her. She was one of our first accounts. So that's pretty amazing that it's only one. It was. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, we just, we tried to communicate as much as possible. End consumer confusion was the biggest blindside for us. We didn't realize how loyal people were to Clover. And so we started doing demos at grocery stores or at cafes that we work with. And people would be like, yeah, but we loved Clover. We don't want to buy this other juice. You're like, it's, you're like, it's the same. Right. So that was our job was really (laughs) to educate people. So our past two to three months has just been educating people. We're still the same company, still the same juice. We just had to, you know, refresh it. And this is the new us. Fascinating. Like, obviously this all comes from a place of success, which is fantastic, but it must be also very humbling. Unbelievably humbling. Because you're starting over in some ways, even mm-hmm. though, I, I mean, like, like you said, you have to go and convince someone. It's still me. I promise. Like, it's yep. still me. It's still the person you love. Yep. Like you're like literally begging for someone. Absolutely. Those are the conversations that, you know, going back to what's scary is it's talking to 
the big wigs of a, of a hotel group and convincing them that they want to go through changing all their menus at all of their hotels all right, to Little West or grocery store chains. You know, we work with just a few of the really boutique high-end ones, but saying, hey, change all your SKUs, change the package size, the, you know, everything. So it was so a like lot big of big asks that are coming with it. Really big asks. And I think because of the way that we run our business, we have been very hands-on and we've been really supportive through the transition with our customers. We always say, we stand behind our product and our partnerships. That for us is everything. If we can just keep on with that, that's how we want to be known. So for us, you know, we definitely were able to do that. It was an expensive uh, and very time-consuming evolution. But now I kind of, I feel like I'm sitting here and, you know, it's, it's done. It's behind us. And I feel like there's like a cloud that's been lifted. And now we get to sort of just be little West and talk about Clover, celebrate it, what it was and move past it and now be like the better elevated version of. So how do you deal with like, what is your version of dealing with gut and instinct? Because so much of this, of what we're talking about is based in that, like mm-hmm. starting it in the first place, trusting changing who you guys are, splitting certain partnerships, moving forward, like believing in yourself. What is your tactic with that? Like, how do you, how do you even hear yourself? How do you hear the voice? And then how do you trust it? That is such a good question that I'm actually even thinking, how do I do that? I mean, I wish I listened to my voice more often. I think we could all probably say that where, you know, you hear it in the back of your head and it's saying do this, but you're already far downstream with something else. And you just kind of, and I almost always, which is probably the same for you will say, gosh, after having done what I ended up doing, I wish I just listened to myself. In the right. First like, I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I knew it. I knew <laughs> this was going to be my outcome. I knew that. Right. Um, so just, yeah, I think listening to your instinct, also putting blinders on. I talk about that a lot with what we do in our business because it's a very competitive industry. Yes. The space of cold pressed juice has been very saturated and it's a little less saturated now, but that's time, right? And um, I definitely will say that whenever Andrew and I were doubting what we were doing, we're like, oh my God, they're doing lemonades and they're doing shots and these people are doing this. We would say to ourselves, put blinders on. I say that too. Just, you know, we didn't have worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. That's all you can do. Do what we do the best we can do it and just be okay with that. And that comes down to the clover juice, which is our signature. You know, it's our, our really, it's our signature. It's our namesake juice. We sweeten that with pear, which no one ever does, but it's a hard ingredient to work with, but we were, we wanted to use it because it had really low sugar, just a little bit of sweetness. And we put cilantro in there and people were like, you cannot put cilantro in your namesake green juice. There's, you're alienating a percentage of the population. And we, we said, well, if they don't like cilantro, then they can go to another juice bar. There are plenty around. This is what we love. And if we don't make what's authentic to us and what feels right to us, then why are we doing this? Then we're doing it for other people and not for ourselves. No, but I love this. You're basically saying not only is it blinders, like don't pay attention to competition. It's like blinders, just do what feels right for you and it will unfold. Totally. And there's a difference between not paying attention and like, paying somewhat attention. Right. You want to know what's happening. You want to know what's happening, but you can't try to compete because the reality is you never know what another company's situation is, what their six month plan is, their year, their three year, five year plan. And so, yeah, you just kind of have to do what is right for you. It's so true. I always say, if you end up trying to follow and do everything someone else is doing, because it looks neat or they had a good idea, you'll end up like zigzagging. And then there's no line to get to wherever you want. So wherever you're trying to go, you're like taking a way longer path. 
And it's the same thing. If you mind your own business, literally, I wonder if that's where it came from. But it's like, if you mind your own business and stop worrying about everyone else's, you'll be doing it the way you're supposed to. And there is room for everyone. And it is funny though. You do watch competition fall. And that's when I'm always like, yeah, just keep like, keep the blinders on and just keep moving forward and do not worry about anybody else. Yeah. And every time that we have zigzagged, usually that's when you take some steps back and you learn from it and you go, okay, cool. So next time, listen to that voice, listen to my gut feeling, trust myself and you know, whatever we all, we all make freaking mistakes, but at the same time, the less you zigzag and the more you stay true to your path. I think that the better the outcomes. Yeah. And also a a lot of like, everyone's on a different timeline and you don't know what yours as a company is supposed to be. And so it doesn't mean you're not going to get there, whatever there means for you, but it's, you got to trust it's, it goes in the way it's supposed to go. But I know it can be really hard, especially when you see a bunch of stuff happening around you. Oh yeah. Um, so what about also the idea you, you touched on this earlier and I love talking about it because I've, I've talked about this with people all the time that especially in starting a business, shift around really yeah, no worries. <laughs> like the, the balance of, like you said, n- not letting fear control you, but also being maybe slightly crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what is, because there is something where I've said it. Cause I remember the moment for me where like, I had no fear. I had no fear. I had no fear. I had no fear. And then I stopped for a second to actually think about it. And I was like, fuck, Crippled. The, the door like open and that feeling of like fear. And I was like, okay. I was like, move on, move on, move on. Like I literally, I was like, but I could see how some people in that moment can't move. Like you're done. Like you're done. No more. Like bye-bye. Absolutely. And I remember being like, okay, let it go. This just forced me to be like, oh yeah, you got shit to do. Like you got to get your ass in gear and like yep. start working really hard. But I remember saying in that moment, there is a fine line of like being someone who doesn't let fear stop them and being slightly crazy mm-hmm. because I was saying, cause if you stop and ask too many questions, you won't do it. I mean, you won't because there's too many reasons not to too many reasons. You could be like fucking yourself or losing money or embarrassing, whatever it is that for you is an issue. I was like, but if you, but then there's people who never ask the questions at all. And then it's like, but what happens there? Like there is like a slight sprinkle of fear that I think keeps you like making smarter choices. It's just not letting it override you. But you know what I'm talking about? There is like a craziness you embody. Oh my gosh. Well, I think for, I mean, anyone who starts a business, anyone who's an entrepreneur is crazy. Like you have to have a little crazy. crazy. You have to have a little crazy. And if you're willing to throw this much on the line for something that you're passionate about. That you have no idea. No idea. You might think it should work, but you Mm -hmm. have no idea if it's actually going to work. You never know the outcome. We're basically just going into it, leap of faith because it feels right, which is crazy. We are crazy. Yeah. But I also think that that fear is the fire and the fire is what keeps you going. And yes, the second that you lose that fear, and I do, I think the second that you get a little too comfortable, you lose the fear a little bit. And that's when you are like, oh no, I need to, like what you're saying, you need to reignite it. You need to work even harder. You need to get that fear back. You need to get the fire back. There's a saying, and it's so funny because this reminds me back of, back to when I did like a very short stint working with Lululemon in Canada. And there was one little message on their bag, their tote bag that they give everyone. And it says, do one thing a day that scares you. And for some reason, I had heard it before. I'd heard it from other places, but it really resonated with me because for one, I used to carry my Lululemon bag everywhere. Um, <laughs> I feel like it had to resonate. It had to resonate. But also becoming an entrepreneur and also becoming a mom taught me that Yes, you have to do one thing a day that scares you, at least one thing a day that scares you, but you will complete every day feeling like a better person if you have done it. And what you were saying before about that fear and that feeling of like flailing or being out of control, that's why I love that I'm sitting here with you because 
that's when you find your practice. That's when you find your meditation in whatever capacity it is for whatever, whoever you are and however you find it. That's when you need to come back to that level place where you can think clearly, pause for a moment and decide what your next step is. And what do you have a practice? Or what is your version of a practice? And it might not be meditation. It might not be yoga. Like what's your yeah. version of practice? Um, my practice is flawed. Well, <laughs> to be we honest. already started the conversation yeah. with that. Clearly it's going to be flawed. I don't do anything too consistently. Um, I, my one, gosh, there are a few things. For me, if I were to be completely honest, the place where I meditate the most is in the kitchen when I'm cooking. So when I'm cooking or baking, um, it does, it makes sense for me. And, you know, my neighbors all know that I am either very stressed out or whatever it is. There's something going on in my life. If there is like a muffin factory coming out of my kitchen and I'm just giving like dozens of muffins to anyone that will walk by my balcony, I'm like, here, you want some pumpkin muffins? You want some blueberry muffins? Like people are like, wow, what's happening? This is amazing. And then Andrew and, you know, my neighbors who I'm close to will be like, ooh, Cassandra's got some stuff going on. Um, so for me, that is a big thing. I definitely do a medit. I do, I do practice. I do meditation. I do a lot of it in the car before I start my day. So I'll drop West off at preschool and then I'll drive to the office, park at the office or on one of the streets that I have a few of my favorite streets with palm trees on them. And I just sit there and I'll do 20 minutes. That's amazing. It is, it is. And it's kind of, you know, I, that is for me an important time. I'll tell our staff sometimes, Hey guys, I'm in the parking lot of our building downstairs. Don't bother me. Just don't bother me. I need 20 minutes. I'm just going to do a quick meditation and then I'll be up and you know, so I do that a lot. Um, I think those are a couple of the big things. And one other thing that I do regularly, which I guess for me, it's a meditation or I would consider it a meditation is when I'm driving so that I'm not thinking about emails, text messages, what I haven't done yet. I'm running late for something, whatever it is I do. I go through gratitude lists. So it kind of keeps me in check. And if I'm having a bad day, I just tap into what am I grateful for when I'm driving somewhere, which this is LA, we drive everywhere. Yeah. And so I just go through a list of what I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for it. And we talk about it all the time here. I think gratitude is one of the easiest Mm -hmm. and fastest ways to shift your perspective on things. 100%. And it's accessible to all. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to subscribe to anything. You don't have to believe in anything specific. It's yeah. like, name one thing that you're thankful for. Exactly. Day. And if you can't find it, then just sit a little longer. Because yeah. I mean, it's just the fact that you can sit there. Exactly. That you have a moment to pause and be grateful for something. But that really helps me too. Like when I'm overwhelmed or something's going on because I, I pretty much wake up and do it and then I do it with my daughter at night it's really cute because now oh, I've been talking about that a lot too she'll be like like yesterday she likes to snuggle before sleep she'll be like okay I want to snuggle for these minutes and she puts out five West fingers. is doing that too he just learned 10 right. I'm in trouble you are in trouble <laughs> so I'm like okay we'll snuggle for those minutes and then she lies and she goes I want to talk about what we're thankful for and I was like oh like I didn't even bring it up I'm like okay like oh but I love gosh. it like I love that it's part of her I mean, she doesn't quite get. We it have in the to talk about way, that, but like, but it feels good, right? No, and I love that she brought it up. I mean, I always usually bring it up right when I like put her down, but she brought it up like during snuggle time, and I'm like, oh, I love it. And then she brought it up That's again like, because, of course, she'll do anything to routine. keep you in the room. Oh my gosh, <laughs> but, anything, a million excuses to yeah, not. Yeah, but I really do want to just get her in the habit because I feel like the more you learn to even look at life that way, just the easier it is to do it, and then Agreed. the better it is for you. Agreed. We have to talk about 
how you do that in the evenings with, with Levy. Cause I would love to start doing that with West. Honestly, it, it started early and now that they can talk, it's, it's great. And honestly, she does it for fun. I was saying this, we had light walk-ins on and I was telling him and he actually had a really great point to it. Cause I was saying, look, it's funny. Like when she does it, it's really cute and funny. She kind of looks around the room and just points stuff out. So she'd be like, and she does it like in a fast rhythm. Cause she thinks she's like proud Excited, of herself. Yeah. yeah. She's like, Oh my God, I'm thankful for the lights and the moon and the stars. Cause we have those on that sailing. She's like, <laughs> and the moon and the stars and the, and sometimes she'll name her favorite food and pizza and black and the books. And she'll literally like look around her room and like point stuff out. And I'm always that like, Oh my so God, precious. that's so great. Those are great things to be thankful for. And and then I do mine, which are usually probably like, I'm thankful for you. Or I was mm-hmm. thankful that you got to do this today or blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I go, they're silly. He goes, but they're not. Like, why do we always feel like there has to be grandiose things to be thankful for? He's like, it, why can't it be the book she sees? And I'm like, no, you're right. I mean, I knew she was, but like, <laughs> you're right. Like, I, it's like, I shouldn't even think, oh, this is just because she hasn't gotten to a place yet where she can do more. It's like, that's actually all she ever has to do ever. In and life. imagine if we all could see things in such simple light that we were thankful for the book that's sitting there that we just read before bed. And by the way, as the child, that's exactly what they're thankful for. Yeah. Like she's giggling while she says all of it. So it's working. Like it's working. So again, it was like a nice reminder that childhood simplicity of we complicate things with like layers of expectation. So, and there's something just really simple about just- I will report back to you. I'm going to try that. Just I do it. And by it. the way, it's just habits. So just do it. He might like not get it. And in the beginning, I had to give her examples. And then of course, for like a month, she just repeated everything I told her to start with. And right. every time I just am like, that's great. Oh my God, I love it. And like, I giggle. And, um, but before you know it, it just becomes a thing you do. And then they say it. And especially the older they get, the more, yeah. I can't wait for when speaking. she gets older and like, it changes a lot. By the way, like I said, I'm perfectly satisfied with yeah. this, but as a, as a parent, it's interesting to watch someone evolve. The shift. Yeah. As you know, so it's more of that. Like, I'm really curious to see how she evolves and what else she starts looking at. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't have to go there, well, but. I will be trying it. I can't wait. Let I'm me so know. Excited. Tell yeah, me. I'll I'll text text you. It's one of my favorite things, especially now. She thinks it's like the most fun game. That's so cool. She what also a good way to end the night. Yeah. She also every once in a while says, mama, can we do meditation? She, again, doesn't know what that means, <laughs> but now she'll like try and like breathe in and out. But I'm like, just the fact that she even has the in her on her mouth and even knows to say yeah. it. I was like, great, we're making improvement. It's she's so it's, cute. It's amazing. I think in our world, because we're surrounded by produce all the time and you know, juices and stuff like that, for us, the greatest thing is when a bunch of kids are at like a birthday party and West is there and everyone's eating cake and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, he loves a good cupcake or cake, but he's the kid sitting there eating like a stalk of kale and like as happy as a pig in shit, just like doing his thing, eating his salad. And he, for him, he's doesn't know anything else. And when he talks about the things that he loves, it's always food related in our house. 99% of our conversations are food related and he'll go through, he calls it sauerkraut because I speak French to him. So sauerkraut in French is choucroute. And so he goes sauerkraut. He loves sauerkraut. He loves sushi. He loves salad. Um, dolmas, you know, he'll go through the list of the things that he loves. And then, uh, you know, I always in my head, I'm thinking, it's really cool that this is what he's saying. I'm not prompting him. No. But this is how he actually feels. And that is a really good feeling to know that he doesn't know it's good for him, but he just feels good. But that's such a good example of, you know, people feel like kids won't like certain things. And it's like, if you just expose them to everything, they'll figure out for them. Now, I know one of the things I do want to talk about is you're not a rigid human, like at all. And you've been saying that. So, but it is, you know, you're not one who's like juicing is everything. This is what you have to do. These are the things you can only eat these superfoods and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've eaten together and I'm eating like shit and there's like oh, yeah. no ounce of judgment. You and I coming. love our cheese. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Like, and I love to eat. And so 
Did you feel like that as a mom too? Were you rigid with him of trying to make sure he only did the healthy stuff or how? Never, ever, ever. So I'll never, if he doesn't want to eat something that's healthy and he wants to eat the unhealthy option, I just, I don't have an opinion about anything because what I, what I've noticed with him is he's my child. Right. When I give restrictions, he wants what he can't have. Right. And so I learned that with myself. You know, I went through a period years ago, which seems like a lifetime ago, where I was so strict with myself and I did have a lot of boundaries and I wouldn't let myself do things. And then So how were you strict? Like what were your rules for yourself? Well, you know, it was always I came from a classical ballet background. Ah, and so oh yeah. it's just ingrained yeah, in you. <laughs> it was ingrained in me. And there is, you know, you either have that body type or you don't. And if you don't have it, you do anything that it takes to have it. And that's the kind and of nobody way. stops you. Nobody, no, it's just go. Yeah. But that, again, that was a lifetime ago. The restrictions were extreme. I thought that I could only eat certain things and that was what was healthy. But then as I got older and started learning about food, and this is before we were Google searching about nutrition, I was reading like, I mean, it's a little dated now, but I was reading Cooking Light magazine right? because that was my only source. I did too. It was my only source of learning about healthier outside of what my mom had taught me. And um, I think with West, he is very, you know, we make smoothies every day. So he just, he'll have anything. He doesn't think about, oh, this is a color. Therefore I won't have it. I only eat beige. I only, you know, um, we'll, we'll have this or, you know, yes, no, yes, no. There's none of that. It's just, he has whatever he feels like whenever he feels like it. Some days that's three cheese sticks, uh, string cheeses in a row. And if he wants that, I never put restrictions on it. Of course, ice cream or sugar or stuff like that moderation. But when it comes to food, if he's eating a balanced diet, I just try to let him do whatever he feels I'm kind like. of the same way. I'm the same. I've also was my, now look, I was lucky she was a good eater. So I've never like, if she was like, I don't want to eat. I was never like, here are 10 other yeah. things. I was like, all right, well, that's your choice. Like, Don't give them the I was choice. like, she's not going to yeah. starve and she's going to be fine. And like, she's the most amazing eater. She eats everything. And yeah. like, but it is really interesting because people can get really I mean, it's a whole thing. You don't know, like, do we want them to only be healthy? Do we not them to have any sugar? But then what are they? I, it's like- Then they freak out when they have sugar. One thing I will say, and you can probably relate to this. sweet tooth though. Yeah. They all do. Sugar is a drug, right? That's true. I mean, true. whatever, <laughs> moderation. That's why, you know, we use the word. But I, I think one thing that is a huge pet peeve of mine when we eat out is that why do so many restaurants, when you look at the kids' menu- Oh, it's awful. Everything is beige. Everything is beige. And I'm like, this is what the kids menu, like, why are we doing this? And I actually, I'm thinking of this because um, Sweet Greens reached out to me and we love Sweet Greens. They're amazing. So do we. <laughs> and they have also just- Also on La Brea now. On La Brea as well. And yeah. I'm so grateful because we stopped by there on our way home. And we, they launched a kids menu. And so they have salads and vegetables and stuff that it is a kid's menu, but it's actually what I want West to be eating. Oh my God, I have to check that out. You have to. It's amazing. I don't know if the La Brea location has the kid's menu. They probably do, but we had it um, in the Santa Monica location. It's funny because I have, I can't tell you how often I'll order off the main menu and get her like a salmon or something that I know she'll Same. eat. I mean, I still won't go crazy, but someday I know she'll eat. And then they always look at me and it's like, obviously it's expensive, which sucks for a lot of people. And it's yeah. a huge dish, but or, so, or I'll eat half of it or do something, but I'm like, why well, can't? Why can't there be something like that on there yeah. too? And don't get me wrong. I'll get her the mac and cheese or the pizza sure. once all the chicken nuggets. But sometimes I'm like, if we're away in a hotel, I'm like, she's had that for like three nights. Can we put something a little bit better Bread on there? or pasta. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think that pasta is, 
I think pasta was partially created for parents because there's not so a child easy. who doesn't like it. Either. <laughs> Every kid loves it. It's so easy to prepare. It doesn't have to be refrigerated. You could make it. You know, I think you're right. <laughs> I don't know. I really, I, 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 I keep going back to that with pasta now because I'm like, God, I, I make pestos. I mean, a big thing just for me. One of the ways that when West was a little bit more finicky about his eating, I started making pesto, homemade pesto in my Vitamix blender. I do everything in the Vitamix blender. And I was putting originally basil. Then I kind of got sick of basil. Then I started doing cilantro, but now I put an entire bag or, a, you know, two bunches of spinach in it, spinach or kale. I'll do pecorino cheese. I'll put pistachios in there, some garlic, tons of olive oil. Yum. And when you put an entire bag of baby spinach in there, like he's sitting there spooning the pesto and I'm making his pasta or putting it on a sandwich or whatever. And I'm like, dude, this kid is eating a lot of greens right no, now. No, it's great. Go for it. <laughs> That's like when I make a shake in the morning, she yeah. helps me make it. And then she drinks like a little cup. And I never even offered it to her. She just wanted it. She likes making her a green mustache. mustache. That's like her favorite thing. Yeah. And I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, oh, thank God. I really don't have to stress about anything else today. Like, yeah. I know that she's getting greens. We're good. She got it we're in out. her system. Yeah. <laughs> but back to the rigidity thing. Yes. So you were rigid like with yourself. So what did you learn about being rigid? So why do you have this like such an open, which is refreshing because that's, I feel like there's a lot of rules that people feel like they have to follow even still. For sure. So what did you learn by being rigid that kind of made you shift your perspective? I learned that it doesn't, for one, I believe in being happy. And I think that the being rigid and not allowing yourself to have things that you want is it's a way of controlling. And when you're overly controlling yourself, you're not really being the best version of yourself. So when I started to have a relationship with food of, I can have this, I'm not going to sit here and eat the whole thing, but I can have some of it. And I'm okay with that. That was when I, I started saying it was, it's just having a healthy relationship with food because yeah, you know what? Do I feel great when I eat a ton of dairy? No, I don't. So I try not to do it too often. But when I'm at a friend's house and we're having wine and cheese, I don't hold back. I have whatever I want to have. Um, I know you and I just kind of sat right yeah, there and did it for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I think there's nothing wrong with it if it works for you. I just am someone that I believe in moderation. I strive to find moderation in my life, in everything that I do, in how I parent, and how we run our business, in how I eat, and how I exercise. So I think that for me, it was just kind of finding my, my moderate way of eating and exercising where it all just felt good to me. And I didn't feel like I was holding back anymore. Sorry for the interruption, but it is a giveaway alert. We are giving away a rainbow kit from Little West that features eight of their most popular blends, and it's a value of $65. Unfortunately, it's US only, but if this is you, this is what you have to do to enter. Make sure you follow Den Meditation, Little West, and tag a friend under our giveaway post on Instagram. Also, if you write us a review, you get an extra entry. So please screenshot the review and send it to dentalkspodcast at denmeditation.com. These juices are so phenomenal, and hopefully you're also just loving everything about her. So do not forget to enter. Your husband is your business partner. Yes. Is he your business partner in all shapes and forms? Like how, like when you kind of divide up the duties or like what you do, how does it work for you guys? And how's it been as far as your relationship? Oh gosh, it's, it's been, it's gone through phases for sure. But for the most part, I'm really, we are so fortunate that we love working together. That's and amazing. It's amazing. I really, you know, we got married, we eloped. We never actually had a wedding. We eloped and we opened up the business within six months. 
And so we're all within one year, actually. And people were like, you guys are crazy. How could you do this? And uh, I don't know. We just, we work really well together. The cool thing with us is uh, Andrew's actually an actor by day and then entrepreneur by night. And so he is a Gemini through and through. So he has to have many things going on at all times. And he sees the big picture. He is, has crazy off the wall ideas. And I am the activate and run things and operate things. And so we actually balance out really well because he sometimes help me, helps me see the bigger picture or he'll come up with some outlandish idea where we're like, that's crazy. We could never do that. And then the next day I'm like, you know what? We might be able to do that. Here's how. And so, you know, we troubleshoot, but we come from it. We come at it with, from different angles. And for us, like that just really, really works. Now, did you get that right away that you guys brought something different to the table? Cause sometimes I find with partnerships, they, people don't always see that they're balancing each other out. And so there can be sometimes anger or resentment. Like I do all of this, not realizing, yeah, but that person's what's taking care of this and vice versa. Yeah. There's been a lot of that. I think, I mean, that's just marriage. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah that's true too. <laughs> um, but there definitely, we didn't go into it knowing that those were our roles. We've definitely blurred the lines of our lanes many times. The more that we remind ourselves, stay in your lane, you stay in your lane, I'll stay in my lane. Let's have conversations. Um, the more we we really try to stay in our own separate lanes, the better we work together. When he, you know, he'll be off shooting a project and he comes back to LA and he's like, how come this hasn't been done? Or what, what's happening here? Oh. You know, oh my yeah. God. Like, like it makes off, my blood boil. No, of yeah. course. Of I'm course. like, I'm like getting heated thinking about it. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, it comes from a place of him wanting the business to be doing its best. Um, but also, you know, he comes at it with a fresh set of eyes. And so on one hand, I'm like, back the frig up <laughs> and let's have a conversation. But on the other hand, it's also good because, you know, it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me kind of just communicating with him. Really, at the end of the day, I'm in the business all day, every day. And it's, we did this because ultimately my passion was food. And yeah. he, you know, we've been together 15 years. We've, we are in it together and we are equally passionate about it now, but they're definitely in the beginning. I think he just wanted to see me do something that I was really happy in. He's the risk taker. I was working for a company. I was, you know, getting paid well. I was traveling California, selling a clothing line. It was a great gig, but he was the one that was like, I think you want, I think you can do more and you want more. You're, you know, you're talking about opening a cafe when you retire, but why would you do that when you could do it now? And that was when we had the first conversation of, okay, if we do this, what's, what's it going to look like? We definitely have needed him in the business more than we originally anticipated because we had a third partner. The third partner is no more. We definitely had to be really strategic with the way that we do things. And, you know, there have been times where his acting has taken a backseat. There's a little bit of guilt there for sure. If I were to be honest, but he is doing it now. He's producing, he's developing projects. He's starting a water company. I mean, the guy, like I said, he's a Gemini. He's doing tons of stuff. I think for <laughs> me, my core and my life and what makes me want to get up in the morning outside from our, of, of our family is, is showing up to work and being able to share what I love, which is making this product. Can you share a story that you told me once that I love that at a particularly hard time in the business? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a moment of like, do we move forward or do we not move forward? He was the one who kind of gave you a surprising pep talk. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to remember which this was. <laughs> there have been so many. I remember you were telling me how like, there was like a part of the business where it could be like, do we 
Oh yeah. There was, there was a defining moment there. And actually you're right. This is what we talked about. I remember this clearly. It was, (laughs) it was December 31st. It was uh, the day before New Year's and we got a call from our accountant and we basically just said to ourselves, is this worth doing? Do we want to keep doing this? And at that point, like we first started talking about um, the reality of being an entrepreneur is it wasn't fun. I was just, I felt like I was failing. I was embarrassed. You know, things weren't happening the way I wanted them to. I felt like I was losing control. And it was a dark, dark time. And we had gone away with friends and we were actually in Mexico with a few of our best friends. And all the friends were celebrating that it was going to be New Year's. And Andrew and I were upstairs in our room, sitting on the bed, and we were just kind of like holding each other and, and having this conversation. It actually makes me tear up just thinking about it. But we looked at each other and we were like, you know what? Is it, is this it for us? And <laughs> so crazy to even be talking about this, but he said, is this it for us? And I looked at him and I said, I don't think it is. This isn't it. And he goes, okay. So then we do this, we do this, we cut off paying this, we choose this. We, and he went drastic. He went extreme. What he did, the decisions that we made in that room were what gave us the longevity to make it through to January. And then once we, and the call from our accountant was saying, essentially, we couldn't make our next payroll. And our big thing is always, you always pay the people that work for you. That's number one, support your team and never let them feel it. And when we had the conversation of, okay, let's, if we cut all of this, we will make it to January. Um, We made it to January and on January 21st, I will never forget this day. We got a phone call from this customer that I was talking about earlier. And I don't want to say who it is, but, um, and they basically just called and they were like, Hey, we want to learn about your company. And I was like, wait, like, who, where's this call coming from? How did you hear about us? And they somehow had gotten a bottle of ours or a couple bottles of clover juice at the time. And, um, we went through very quickly a process of them testing our product, asking us about every process, every farm we work with, how we make what we make, you know, our, our, I mean, all the details that you could possibly want to know. The cool thing was that Andrew and I, having started the business, just the two of us, we knew everything. I had run the kitchen for three years or four years leading up to it. I knew exactly what our hazard analysis plan said. I knew what our control measures were. And I knew which who the farms were. I knew the farmers' names that we were sourcing from. And when we were able to answer all these questions, ultimately, two months later, we got our first purchase order from this one customer. And that, for me, was a turning point because I said in that moment, if they choose us, they have some of the highest standards in the world, then we have to choose us. And from that moment forth, we've stopped questioning and we just go forward because we feel like that was the validation that we needed for ourselves. It's funny that someone else had to give it to us, no, but, it, yeah. but it was a validation that we needed to just ha- to, to regain the confidence that what we are doing is right, that we are on the right path. Just keep going, put the blinders on. I always love that story for so many reasons. A, again, it's a reminder that no matter how successful a small business looks for the outside, it's I'm taking a Kleenex. Let's take a Kleenex. (laughs) But it is hard and there's ups and downs and it's it's expensive to run a business and it's not easy. And there are moments that you have to make big choices sometimes and not most people do not understand it. And there was the reason I wanted you to tell that story is A, it's a reminder for everyone like 
people go through shit. Like you never know what's yeah. actually going on for people or for a company. And I loved how you told me how he really stepped up for you in that moment. Like Absolutely. He looked at you and was like, basically, what do you want? And, and, yeah. and really probably, again, if we go back to the fear and you start asking questions and you do like the quote unquote smart answer, yeah, you probably should have been like, like maybe we should close down, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would have been like the financially like, absolutely. we have a kid, no more risk, blah, blah, blah. And instead he was like, well, fuck that. If we're moving forward, like this is the shit we're going to do and let's try it and let's just get another month and we'll figure it out then. Yep. And that always gives me chills every time I think about that story because A, it's a yeah. beautiful relationship and B, it's like, like you said, it was the bridge, this gigantic deal that you got that just changed your entire company. It did. It did. And I think also like what you're saying about us and our relationship and us, you know, being married and being partners, that was whether or not he had been present leading up to it, you know, he had been traveling a lot and working a lot and you know, I think, I don't know, there's so many reasons, you never know. But in that moment, when he did step it up and he is drastic, he just was like, here's what we're going to do. You know, if this is what we're doing, we are going balls to the wall. We are not stopping. If we believe in this, I believe that we can make it successful and we will do whatever we have to do to make that happen. And how lucky for you to have a partner who believes in you like that. Oh my gosh. It's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty incredible. On that, I want to talk about your four (laughs) U's. We'll just be four quick answers. Yeah, of course. Um, Do you journal or have a daily practice? I do. My daily practice, actually, I talked about it before, funny enough. My daily practice is is my gratitude list when I'm driving. I'm always driving. I'm constantly going through that. That's my my way of journaling. Do you, what's your current obsession? I have two. I have to talk about a food one because food is ultimately my life. Um, my food would be, I'm obsessed with Four Sigmatic, um, anything, Amazing. mushroom, cordyceps, adaptogenics. Um, and another thing I'm obsessed with, gosh, I'm trying to think. I think that's probably, that's, let, let, let that be it for now. What's your favorite self-care hack? Apple cider, vinegar, and water. Huh in my metal straw all the time. Really? Yep. Yep. Alkalizing helps just everything in the body. How does it taste? Not bad. I mean, depends if you, if you don't like, I mean, I don't put a lot, I put just a little bit in there. Yeah. I was going to say, so what's the ratio If someone, I if you're going to tell do. someone how to do it right now, how would I you mean, do it? I do a huge Mason jar and I'll do like a tablespoon with a big Mason jar. Okay. Or you could do a teaspoon, a little splash in with your glass of water. We have a juice that's called the pink lemonade, not trying to plug the juice, but no, it has plug, plug. it has apple cider vinegar in it, but it has a bunch of fruit in there too. So that's a good. And talk about all the benefits of apple cider vinegar. Most importantly, it's alkalizing. We always go back to gut health. I think in the health world, that's the biggest thing. And uh, it's just a great way to start your day. I start every single morning with water and apple cider vinegar, and I try to have it throughout the day as well. Have you done that oil pulling? I tried it. I can't not talk for long enough. Oh, really? So just so people know, I'm sure some people know, but it is um, the process of getting like a refined, right? Unrefined oil. Like, yeah, Coke is a lot And they, you just want to get, you know, extra virgin, like cold pressed extra virgin coconut oil usually. Right. And And you put a tablespoon in your mouth, you swish it around up. They say for 20 minutes. I know it sounds like, by the way, and it it doesn't (laughs) seem like a lot, but it builds in your mouth. And also you can't swish too hard because 20 minutes is exhausting. Exactly. Exactly. And it builds and builds and builds because it supposedly pulls all the toxins through your gums. Mm -hmm. So it's great for your teeth and dentistry health, but it's also whiter teeth. Right. It's supposed to be great for overall. I mean, yes, you're pulling all the toxins in your body. You know what? This is a good reminder. I need to start doing it again. I want to start. I actually (laughs) want to try it. Maybe I'll try 
try it and let everyone know how it is because yeah. I'm like a perfect candidate for something like that because I'm a little reticent. I'll about try it with like you. That. I'll try Let's it with you. Let's do like a 10-day challenge okay. or something. Done. We should do it because I'm – I yeah, you probably have like a million. I'm like, I have to go get the oil. <laughs> I mean, I do a lot of baking and I use coconut oil for everything. So I have like the huge tubs of it. Can here. you start with like a smaller amount, like a teaspoon, or do you have to do a tablespoon? It just seems like a lot in your just mouth. Just do a teaspoon. Yeah. Do you. Whatever. Teaspoon. Ten minutes. We'll yeah. start with. Okay. <laughs> ten, t- teaspoon. Ten, ten minutes. minutes. And build. Ten days. One teaspoon. Ten minutes. Ten days. Yes. All I right. like that. I like that too. I mean, it's going to pull something out. It's it might gonna not pull be something. as much as a tablespoon. I think it's fine. By the way, Giselle does it, guys. So you know it, it yeah. looks good. <laughs> um, as a woman, mm-hmm. how has this felt different for you? Like, especially in your world, like, do you feel like there's times, especially you have a, your husband's your partner, mm-hmm. but you do more of the day to day. Are there times you feel like you haven't been taken as seriously or they expect his, him to be there or no? Or has it been? Yes. Yes. The answer is yes, for sure. I think that, you know, for one, it's a badass time to be a woman in business right now. It feels so good. It feels so elevating and supported and celebrated. Um, you know, but yeah, of course, 100%. When I walk into a room and I'm conducting a meeting or I'm going somewhere to deal with a situation with a facility we work with or, you know, whatever it is, it's, yeah, it's a lot of men. There are a lot of men that run a lot of different industries that are in higher positions. And yeah, I feel like they probably see someone who's very kind and sweet, but don't ever, ever mistake kindness for strength. And that is something that, you know, you can be as kind as can be. I believe in being kind in everything that I do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's intimidating at times, but then I also just tap into it and I'm like, whatever guy, girl, who freaking cares? You're in the role because you deserve to be in this role and you work to be where you are. And that should be taken seriously. Wait, let's talk about, I love that. Don't confuse kindness for strength, mm-hmm. which is great because I do feel like, especially in our generation, yeah. we are taught like we have to be the sweet ones and like keep it all together and be super kind. And by the way, not, I agree. You should always be kind, yeah. but it shouldn't necessarily supersede sometimes trying to make a point or having, mm-hmm. and I, I, at least I found, especially in my old world or sometimes even in this world is like, you're kind, kind, kind. And like shit is not happening. Oh yeah. And so then when you actually have to step in and be like a badass bitch, mm-hmm. they don't know what the fuck hit them and Absolutely. they don't always like it. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I mean, I had in my old department in my old job, there was a girl underneath me who I love. I can't tell you how many times I'd hang up a phone call from someone. She's like, if you were a man, that would never happen. And I never even thought about it. Cause that's just not how I operate. <laughs> but then I was like, Man, she's actually right. Like if I were a man, I wouldn't have had to go to that step. If I were a man, that reaction from the person would never have yep. happened. And it was fascinating. <laughs> That's hilarious. First of all, it's, well, it's also funny because I don't think like that. I was like, are you serious? No, whatever. And, and she was, she was actually right when I would stop and think she was way more of like, you know, the strong feminist. So she thought like that a lot more often, but there were times like, because sometimes I'd be like, all right, enough of this sweetness. Like let's get to the fucking point. Mm-hmm. And here it is. And people talk like that all the time. But the minute 100%. like you talk like that, all of a sudden. Yeah, it's crazy. What I said before, and I have to correct it, I said, and yes, I mean, we're saying the same thing, but don't ever confuse, you know, the kindness for a lack of strength is what I should have said. Right. For for weakness, essentially. That, and that's but, what I yeah, mean. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And yeah, I think that yeah, when you just have to like throw down and like go to that place, you have to go there. I I do think that there's a way of being very firm and it's a, it's something I'm learning every day to do better, but be kind, be firm and be precise. Yes. So those are things that I really try to practice throughout my day right now. Be kind, be firm, be precise. Mm -hmm. Those are all good lessons. Especially, I mean, those are good lessons every day, much less if you are a boss of some sort. Yeah. 
Thank you for coming in and sharing and talking with us and telling us everything and being so open. I appreciate it. And you guys, the juice is amazing. <laughs> and I mean, they, they, they've wholesale everywhere, but if you do want to come visit their beautiful little storefront, it is on La Brea between fourth and third, and you should absolutely stop by. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thanks for listening. Please subscribe, write us a review, and definitely go to our closed Facebook group because we have lots of fun conversations that go on over there. Thank you for having me. So now Cassandra is going to do her personal practice, which is a very inspirational quote. The way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. 10 Talks is produced by Mike Burns, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, and music is by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.